Hi, I'm Leah Jones. And who the fuck are you? <laughs> who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you? Settle in as we begin to tell you about some friends. Folks you know in Chicago and some you've never met. We'll talk about the things they say and do. There's a question posed to old and new. Who the fuck are you? Hello, my little doodle bop. This is Kevin Alvis, and welcome back to another episode of Who the Fuck Are You? First off, I am very sorry it's taken so long to come back and bring you a new episode. Shortly after this episode was recorded, I got the COVID, and then I was down for a couple weeks. Then I had to catch up for a couple weeks, and then I was lazy for like a week. But now we're back. Welcome. Welcome back. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for coming back. Um, as always, thanks for joining us for the show. Appreciate your support. Uh, I have a small favor to ask, though. We want to make this audience bigger, and we want to make this audience better. And the way we do that, the best way that we can do that, is through word of mouth. So please, if you're having a great time, tell your friends to listen. Tell your family to listen. Share us on your social media. That would be great. We'd love to hear from you. You can write us at bigtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Share the website, bigtalkchicago.com. We're going to have some new shows coming up soon. we got new episodes of Who the Fuck Are You coming out. Uh, got new episodes of Junk Drawer coming up. It's also on the Big Talk channel. We'll have a new show coming out soon. So spread the word. Spread the word. We've got a lot of great stuff out there. So please tell all your friends. On the show today is a new friend of mine that I actually met just a few days before we recorded this episode at the Letterkenny Live show. She's a local writer and hosts two different podcasts and just is all around pretty fucking awesome person. Please welcome to the show, Leah Jones. Here we are. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay. It's uh where are we at in the week? We're halfway through the week, right? Yeah. Wednesday. Oh, it's gosh, May fourth. Yeah, somehow. Oh, may the fourth be with you. And also with you. Oh, thank you. Um, Leah, we just we just met like like a few days ago. Yes. And it couldn't have been in a better way and through better company. I yes. through our mutual friend Amy Guth, who was my second guest on the show mm -hmm. over a year ago and we were all meeting up for letter kenny live what a oh good my. night what a great fucking night now that was my second time going to see their live show this one was much it was a larger venue of course than i saw it. i saw them at the vic uh smaller okay. cast when they because it was right after they first hit big in america right after hulu kind of started showing their stuff yeah um it's amazing how did you get what was your introduction into Letterkenny? Because I remember the commercials and they were intriguing enough, but I was also at the same time like, that looks kind of dumb in a bad way. Um, I got into it as most things. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I have a well-documented crush on a uh, character, actor, and comedian, Jason Manzukas. Oh, I love Jason. I, I, kind of, I kind of do too, actually. Yeah. I, kind of, I love him a whole bunch. He's so, pretty funny and amazing early in quarantine he discovered it and he kept talking about it on like every podcast he went on oh really he was saying you've got to watch letter kenny you've got to watch letter kenny and so i was like all right fine i will try it again because the first time i tried it i was like you just see the opening scene of the hicks and then the hockey players drive mm -hmm. up and i was like i don't I don't get it. <laughs> this is a little too Canadian for me. It's very Canadian. So then, it, it, like many TV shows, when I tried it a second time, it fit. 
mm-hmm. the better. I really, it really hit the stride for me. But the fifth season is my favorite by far. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think hands down the best episode ever that they've ever done was the uh, Letterkenny Adult Spelling Bee. Uh, mm-hmm. It was. I don't know why that one hits me perfect. It's just like a really like wonderfully scripted real life cartoon. Just mm-hmm. the way they, they the language, everything, the way the setup. It's just. It is one of those shows. It's a phenomenon. If you ask me, like, why do you love this show so much? It's like, I don't know. There's just so many things about it. I can't tell you right <laughs> offhand what it is, but it's very, very funny. And Jared Kiso is very strong. Uh, he's that amazing. Guy. Oh, he's every, amazing. and everyone is on that show has such great character work. And I think they really, they really bring that show to a level that's just, uh, it's, it seems to be unstoppable right now, especially in Canada, because it seems to be winning all the awards and everybody as it should, it, as it should. Uh, what did you think about the live show yeah. compared to the regular show? It was so it, I didn't know what to expect when I bought the ticket. I just knew I wanted to see it. Mm-hmm. Whatever it was, it could have been a talk show. Like I didn't care. I wanted to be in the room with the cast. <laughs> oh, what a great talk show that would be. It would be so fun. And then you said like the description you gave when we were having drinks before you were like, there's going to be some stand-up. They're going to show video clips. They're going to do sketches. I was like, all right, yeah. great. And it was exactly that, but it felt so good to be experiencing comedy with people. Yes. Oh, God, yes. I've missed that so much during yeah. these pandemic years is that energy and that vibe of the room, yeah. which I, as a performer, I thrive for. I live on that. That is my my mm-hmm. heroine, if you will, give it to me. So yeah, being back in yeah. a room like that was magical. So that felt really good. It also, Amy and I kept looking at each other because we were like, this is for us, both of us, a pandemic show. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, like the Sopranos, at the end of the Sopranos, the end of the run of the Sopranos, I would go on Sunday nights to the Tequila Roadhouse and we would watch it there. Right. I went to the the finale of The Good Place at Ricochet's. Like, oh, wow. But Letterkenny has only ever been a show I've watched alone in my apartment with my wow. cats. Wow, okay. So you're not really sure how big this world goes, huh? I was like, oh, wow. I didn't realize Flannel had gotten so popular. And I was like, <laughs> no, we're at a Letterkenny show. And mm-hmm. so the plaid flannel is like cosplay. Oh, it is. And it is. <laughs> I, I watch it through Halloween and all the holidays. Like yes. there at some point, somebody's got a Letterkenny costume on. Yes. Uh, I came very close. I think it was last year year before last of uh, actually throwing um a letter christmas party where we do the three wise the men three wise men yeah and do, we're like it's just become we oh we actually just did a, a thing where um for my birthday there's several birthdays in a row in january and one of in february one of them being mine it was january february march and we decided this year everybody has a super soft birthday so everybody got the same super soft decorations from my birthday we passed them around to everybody and we got mm-hmm. together and we sat around and drank but we all had feather pink boas and the pink streamers and the party hats and everything and we had a super soft birthday and we always made at least one super soft cocktail i love that and it's such a magical time uh Leo, let's talk about something else let's talk about you for a little bit let's learn a bit more about you because i right. um I, I i do research you know as always what you do with everybody if you're having them on the show and i love you have such a wonderful little mishmash of stuff that you do 
uh, or have done such a wonderful have path. Done, yes. Yeah. And I think it's, and I, and I, so I'm just going to blurt out some topics probably. And we'll just talk about those in no, no particular order. All right. Uh, where, where are you from originally? Are you from Chicago here or local? Or I did am you from transplant? Terre Haute, Indiana. Oh, okay. So how long have you been in the city? I moved here in May of 2002. So 20 years. And what was the inciting incident of bringing you here? So in between college, so I went to Millican with Jen Ucellis. Mm -hmm. Hello, after Jen. Hi, Jen. Amazing. Um, after Millican, I moved to Southern Colorado for three years. And I worked at the college there mm -hmm. at Fort Lewis College. It was a town of 14,000 maybe. Okay. Um, and, and I worked at the college two years and then I spent one year where I worked at the visitor center at Walmart on the rape crisis hotline. Um, I was a waitress, like I was doing all the things I didn't have health insurance. Uh -huh. And really I realized I was very endorsey and I also decided I wanted to become a stand-up comic. Uh, and I wanted to be in a Midwest city. So that was, um, <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. 9-11 happened. I was in Colorado and I was supposed to fly home on September 12th. And that sudden feeling of being like stuck in Colorado, I was mm. like, okay, it's time to get back to the Midwest. I'm this town is too small. I am too indoorsy. And in 2002, it only meant Chicago. Right. Like Chicago was the only city that could possibly fit the bill. So uh, you packed it all up and headed this way. Yeah. So you came here to really focus on your comedy at that point. That's what you were really, that's what you, yeah. what it was. So you I wanted to do stand-up comedy. Had you ever tried your hand at it prior to coming to the city or would you come in hot? Like, nope, this is it. First time out the gate. I'm going to write some <laughs> jokes, hit the clubs and let's fucking do this. I had kind of reached a point in my early 20s where I was like, realized like I was a funny person at dinner parties mm -hmm. and like sitting around. Um, and every year Durango, Colorado has a festival called the Snowdown. Okay. And it is a locals only festival during a low tourism week of kind of think Gilmore Girls level towny shit. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Right? It's... um a spam carving contest it's golf it's mini it's like putt putt but it goes through all the bars on main street oh that sounds amazing Sign there's a, a light parade um like there's just events every night and one of the events was a snowdown joke down and you could either enter the joke competition mm -hmm. and and tell one joke and try and win or you could do five minutes of stand-up comedy. Oh, wow. Five minutes. Okay. So I wrote five minutes of stand-up comedy that I would practice in front of my rape crisis hotline volunteers. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. And then I did whatever. It was like three or five minutes. I won the Snowdown Joke Down stand-up competition the first time I entered. Hell yeah. And then my going away party uh, was at Ska Brewing in their warehouse. Mm-hmm. And we did it as a fundraiser for the crisis hotline. And again, I was like, well, I guess I'll just do like what? 20 minute set. And I just like got up on stage with a joke at, with joke outlines, like written on a giant poster board. Like I was Joan Rivers. 
And I did like 20 minutes of stand-up comedy to a very friendly crowd in the warehouse of Ska Brewing. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to move to Chicago and become a stand-up comic. So you did 20 minutes the second set you ever did? Yeah. That's fucking insane. I don't think I ever did 20 minutes again, right? No, I don't. There's a lot of comedians <laughs> I don't think I've ever done 20 minutes or we have 20 minutes worth of material. That's insane yeah. to get up and do that. So you yeah. came in. So you came in Chicago hot, I'm sure, because I mean, I've been in those situations where you're like in one place and like this killed here. It's going to oh, work yeah. great here. And you're coming in hot. How was your very first? Did you hit an open mic or were you able to hit a book a club or like what? How did your first night in Chicago comedy go? Um, my first night in Chicago comedy, I think, was either at the Cubby Bear or the Lion's Den. Oh, yes. And I had scoured the reader for open mics, you know, and and didn't and and went to the Lion's Den, and that was a time where it would be like forty to seventy comics on a night, and you get Oof. three minutes, and you'd put your name in a in a picture, and then Steve Har oh, Steve O Harvey would draw names from a picture and make the list. And then you just wait. Wow. And it was, uh, I'm terrible. I'm sure I did terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember much other than being like incredibly anxious, not understanding how it worked. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I had never been given a light before. Like you never I, knew the performance side of it because everything was just like those two times and you those kind two of, times <laughs> one of them was um, your show. But I think maybe I, I would have to I would have to like fact check myself about the year that the 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 documentary came out about it was Jerry Seinfeld and then like Oren somebody about stand up. Oh, okay. And it was like up and coming stand up comic and and Jerry Seinfeld about doing stand up comic comedy. And how like the main lesson was just take the mic out clean, like get on stage, take the mic out clean and go from there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I carried like a little, um, little memo pad, uh, I'd get around to take notes in and would make my little set list. So are you still like, how long did you? really push for this, this stand-up life or, and do you ever, I mean, you said you came back to a little bit, are you still looking to do some more of that? Is that good on a good release for you artistically? I, I love doing stand-up comics. I love doing stand-up comedy when I was doing it. So mm -hmm. I, I, for, I really pursued it for a couple of years and would go to open mics four nights a week. Um, and the, the people I was going up with were Kyle Kinane, Kumail Nanjiani and Pete Holmes. They're the people that are famous. Oh, wow. That came out of like my class of comics. Okay. And, you know, then like Steve O'Harvey has since died of cancer. A number of people have overdosed. Um, it's a hard, it's such a brutal career. That's what I've heard. It was, yeah. Brutal. Um, and kind of the end for me the first time was I, I was auditioning for the first season of last comic standing. Okay. And I stood in an alley in January in Chicago for six hours waiting for my like one minute. Oof. Then I got on stage and, and did like a new bit. Oh, wow. I... Which was dumb. And I was excused very quickly. And <laughs> I just, I just didn't have it. 
at that point I had an office job that had health insurance and I just didn't, I just really could see the hard road ahead and wasn't built for it. And it's nice to have that net of like that day job where you can have those benefits and things like that and see mm-hmm. that maybe, okay, I need to kind of, unfortunately in the arts world, everybody has that conversation with themselves where it's like, okay, is this something I can sustain mm-hmm. or do I need to really start focusing on retirement or benefits or, you know, <laughs> steady income yeah. or electricity, things like that. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, it's a tough conversation to have, but sometimes it's, it's a better conversation to have because you can still find wonderful artistic outlets and never stop being yes. an artist while at the same time getting your teeth cleaned twice a year mm-hmm. and also going to the doctor when things hurt, you know, that yes. kind of stuff. So you gave up, you, you, were, you, you were like, I, I, I want to I not worry about stand-up. We can put those chapters away. Mm-hmm. And I know that you started your own, uh, you worked in PR for, you said, what, 15 years? Yep. Um, you've started your own business uh, twice, yeah. twice. Uh, and you also do some writing. I know you uh, have uh, performed in, in Chicago's Live Lit scene as well, too. Um, was writing something that was always kind of with you? Or you a, were you a writer throughout school as well? Or was that something that kind of came from the stand-up world once that chapter was closed, but you still needed to get that out? Was that kind of where you found that world? I, I was a letter writer as a kid. Like I would okay. write letters to my grandpa and in college wrote letters and long, you know, those emails that'd be like 200 kilobytes. Oh my gosh, she wrote so much. <laughs> um, but when I, it's a combination. So like after stand-up comedy, then what do you do with that creative energy? Um, so two things happened. One is that at the time I was working in study abroad administration, mm-hmm. And I was sent to live in London for five months to manage a residence hall. Oh, wow. What an amazing experience I bet that was. was. Amazing and terrible, but amazing. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it was it was amazing because of kind of where the path my life took from the trip, Mm -hmm. uh, which was I started blogging. It was 2003. It was very early days of blogging. And I had studied abroad in college and would send the group emails, the mass emails out about, you know, your weekly emails to your friends. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted to share stories with people from London without being as intrusive as email. And I had heard of blogs. So I started blogging when I lived in London and that got me hooked on writing and internet writing. And then I came back from London and I was like, well, I'm not done with that yet. No, let's keep that going. Yeah. So I blogged on that one for years, Mm -hmm. years and years. And then I found um, like a solo performance workshop and I worked on a, you know, a little short one woman show that was now we would just call it live lit. Um, So like I had a little piece in the filet of solo festival in like 2004 maybe so you were kind of uh you were kind of jumping in at the kind of the beginning of live lit here in chicago yeah what was that for you exploring that and finding that what was that like for you was i mean was it just did you find that you had so much more freedom than you thought you might have or or be able to explore any kind of themes and 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 storylines um it was a about like learning how to move from 
like first person public journaling of blogging mm -hmm. to essays and uh it was a new format which was great mm -hmm. and it was i enjoyed i i enjoy shows and i enjoyed the writing classes i took because sometimes i just need to be pointed in a direction right right here's a topic you know? here's a subject matter yeah 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 so i did the solo performance class because i think i i wasn't I knew I wasn't going to be a stand-up comic, but I wasn't ready to give up being a performer. Right. So I was trying to figure out like what's a, a safer way, even though like writing something autobiographical and giving getting up on stage, like that's not safe, <laughs> but, but like it's, it's a it, safer lifestyle. I don't know. It's also funny to me that um, it kind of is a little bit safer because just from holding that paper, just mm -hmm. from having that groundedness of being able to read, at, read yes. slash perform what you wrote rather than just like, all right, this is just me, nothing in my hands, I'm yeah. free. Kind of, it kind of just does feel safer, but also at the same time, when you realize you're spewing everything <laughs> from inside, <Yeah. laughs> you're like, oh, it's a good thing I'm holding onto this paper. Yeah. Because otherwise I'd be done so. Yeah. Cause yeah. that's, it's a, it's a scary thing getting up in front of people, especially when it is autobiographical, when you are opening mm -hmm. yourself up. But, uh, what and I, I, I don't know if you ever crossed paths. Um, he's since passed away. Uh, uh, he was a writing teacher. His name was Kim Clark. No, not familiar. No. Um, so he and his partner opened the Acorn Theater in Three Oaks, Michigan. Okay. If you've ever been there. And I studied with him maybe just for 18 months. Looking back, I'm like, oh, I stayed with Kim for years. But I think maybe a year and a half i took his writing classes okay it was once a week in his studio on armitage and every week he would just give us assign an assignment for the next week like write a story where you where the protagonist wakes up naked and they don't know where they are oh wow that's fun or right you know just he would give us like the, the either the emotion we were supposed to do the location, a piece of action. And then we would read to each other and, and dissect the stories. And his rule was that we weren't allowed to ask each other what we did. Okay. So it wasn't until the last night of that, the first like eight weeks with him, mm -hmm. where we all went out for pizza and was like, all right, fine. We, <laughs> we did it for two months. What do you do? Because it's such an American question, right? To ask, always what What's your day job? Yeah, what, what's your, I need what, to understand you. Right, mm -hmm. right, right. That tells me a lot about you. What kind of work ethic you have, or what kind of interest mm -hmm. you have, that kind of thing. So, so I, I studied with him. I've tried my hand at a couple novels, at some screenplays. Uh, this summer, I'm getting um evaluated for ADHD mm -hmm. and I'm hopeful that I might find a pharmaceutical answer to my unfinished novels and screenplays. No. <laughs> <laughs>
I love, I love the fact that you did push yourself though, that you do push yourself to try the other things. That's I, I think so many people get stuck in there and the thing that they do and they like, mm -hmm. and they sit there for too long and they just, then they either stop doing it or they just keep doing that one thing. But I think the idea of being able to spread, like you said, you know, moving in from stand up into uh, this essay form and then into screenplays and, and, and short stories and things like that. It's just, that evolution is always fun to watch. And I think that's, that's awesome to have because so many people just won't push themselves. I think it's great. And I think it's, you know, you, you focus your, this podcast on talking to people in Chicago. One of the great things about Chicago is the classes are there for whatever you want to learn. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. You can find it all. Uh, yeah. Anything you'd want. That's what I love about this city is like, mm -hmm. if, I like this city because you could find anything you want and it also seems accessible. It's mm -hmm. either easy to get to or it's not, you know, it's a city, it's expensive, but you know, it's not like New York expensive or LA right. expensive. You can right. probably afford it if you have a, a fine job, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. And there's a little, not a little, there's a lot more room in Chicago to be an amateur and be bad at your art, but still find a place to learn how to make it. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've always called uh, Chicago the grad school of life. Like mm -hmm. If you want to come figure out some stuff in real time and learn and, and, and develop while at the same time getting to work and develop, this is the place to do it. I yeah. Think. I want to talk to you about your podcast, Finding Favorites. Yes. Um, and so when I went to go look up some more information about that show, I come to find out you actually host two podcasts. I do. You do. <laughs> you host Finding Favorites and you host one called Candy Chat Chicago. Yes. And I want to talk about all of these things because I started listening to Find Your Favorites today and I love, love, love the concept of that show, which we'll talk about that one in a second. Okay. But I also super love, love the idea behind Candy Chat because you have a podcast that's just dedicated to talking about candies. Yes. And I happen to fucking love candy. Great. Um, so I'll ask this kind of uh, early question about both your podcasts, uh, because uh, I, I work in the, I hadn't have for a while in the Chicago theater uh, world uh, and, and arts world. And most of the people I talk to who are writers and developers and things like that, their stories always start with. So we were sitting around drinking one night and we came mm -hmm. up with this idea. So for your podcast, <laughs> where was where, I drinking? Where were you hanging out drinking that night? Um, so the candy podcast spun off of finding favorites oh what a wonderful and, <laughs> you've got your old multiverse going i love it i have a multiverse this is a it's a it's a popular space it was a backdoor pilot okay <laughs> um i had been doing i'd private i was about a year into or more into finding favorites because mm -hmm. it was last summer that we started candy chat um and i was diagnosed with breast cancer last summer oh and that uh made it i i got to a weekend where i didn't have an interview banked didn't want to miss couldn't bear talking to a stranger mm -hmm. and couldn't handle kind of being sideswiped by a serious topic right and so i asked my friend jocelyn gayboy um she had already done an episode on the avid on the ava brothers i was like what's something else you can talk about that's light and she was like, I fully believe that candy is the best thing to talk about because everyone has opinions. Mm -hmm. People have strong opinions, 
-hmm. But no matter how strong your opinion about candy, it's not going to hurt anyone. No, because it's still just candy. It's still just candy. And candy is a thing that makes people the happiest more often than anything. If somebody's grumpy, you're like, here's a piece of candy. Like, oh, well, now I'm not grumpy anymore. Yeah. I got a piece of candy. Yeah. So we did this first episode. So we did an episode of Finding Favorites about candy. Mm Mm-hmm that I got so much positive feedback on that I was like, well, Jocelyn, you've been wanting to do a podcast for a while. I am now forcing you to do candy chat with me. And we just spun it off and started doing it. That's fantastic. Yeah. So how do you uh, come up with like, how do you go with your candy topics? Like are, who's choosing the candies? Are you putting a bunch of candies in a bowl and like drawing the name out? And be like, okay, this episode, we're going to talk about Snickers. Or, or is it just uh, really what you're feeling that day? Or how, how do you choose? There's so many candies. There are so many candies. Um, we have friends that send us care packages of candy now. So we've gotten oh. care package from Spain. We got one from Germany. We just got some very fancy candies and from Germany france and switzerland's like some beautiful truffles um doing international candies that's amazing a friend went to mexico she came back so people now bring us candy wow and when we're out in the world shopping if we see a weird candy we buy it i have an ikea bag full of candy in my kitchen oh wow because when you have a candy podcast you don't eat the whole box of whatever it is you're just tasting things right and we're tasting fruit and chewy before we go to chocolate. If there's a, a a purposefully bad flavor of jelly bean, like we've done a lot of jelly bean research. I, I saw where you, you did a, a fire jelly bean that was pretty- mm-hmm. The fiery five. Ooh, oof, oof. How was that one? Do you, how do you do a spice, spicy? How do I do spicy? Yeah. I like more flavor than the actual heat itself. Okay, don't try these. <laughs> Maybe try the jalapeno one, which actually had some earth tones to it. If it's more than a uh, atomic fireball jawbreaker, I don't want it. That's okay, about, no. That's, oh, okay, great. Yeah. These are jelly bellies that come with a warning. Like, <gasps> you must be 13. Do not prank people with these. Do not oh, mix no. them in with regular jelly beans. If you're pregnant, breastfeeding, what? doing this treatment, have asthma. It's very serious warning. I love how there's a scientific cutoff of age on that too. Like 13, only 13 yeah. above can handle this shit. Anything under yeah. your little chest might explode. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So how did you, you fared okay. It seems like your chest didn't explode. So I stopped at Cayenne, which was the number three. Ooh. And three out of five, three out of five. I did not do ghost Carolina reaper or the ghost pepper oh yeah no i don't think i've no. seen i've seen enough documentaries on like food, uh, pepper eating contests and things like that mm-hmm. to know that if i see those names just don't get it so yeah. it's like the ghost pepper burger i'm like no no that's nope. fine that nope. kind of thing can just go right ahead fuck itself but then there's fun stuff like brock's has made turkey dinner which was trash but hilarious i was about to say because i've seen that and i w- i've always wondered if there was any kind of hint of a turkey or a mashed potato or yeah. a pea like you could tell yes. like you- yes oh wow each each jelly bean is a different flavor okay oh it's not all in one i always it's thought not, it was all in one it's like not it an does- everlasting gobstopper that gotcha. has like all the flavors in it no I, I, I'm, I'm the type of person with, I like a certain candy, my all time favorite candies, peanut M&Ms. Uh, yes. They are literally like one of the few things that I cannot stop eating once I start them. 
Uh, do you have one of those candies that just you just can't stop eating them? Uh, you take this bag away from me kind of candies. Uh, well, peanut M&Ms is up there. Yeah. It's it's way up there. Um, I'll tell you that one of the candies I've discovered through the two candies I've discovered through this podcast that surprise me. One is uh, nerd gummy clusters. Ooh. Which is I had never I never had nerd ropes that kind of missed me. Yeah. But these are like little bite-sized nerd ropes. So it's a gummy caked in nerds and that oh. is so good and then um sweet tarts has a jelly bean oh i've seen those those are yeah because a sweet tart is delicious mm -hmm. um i'm a big fan of spree i don't know if you've done spree yet or if we have we've been talking about spree lately we need to get we need to get some in yeah yeah we had a uh i don't know if you had this when you went to school but we had a, a, a candy guy that would sell candy at school but it would be mm -hmm. illegally like it was drugs sure and it would be a big duffel bag of now and laters <laughs> uh blow single blow pops mm -hmm. um sprees and something else and they were all a quarter and it was always yeah. like hey man you know you know you know he's got some candy like oh the guy over there with the double bag you're like hey man you got any blow pops he's like yeah don't let anybody see you though don't let anybody see you don't, come over here come over here and it was hilarious but i mean i'd love it's that thing that candy is everywhere and people need it and yeah. i love that's why i love the fact that you have this podcast to sit down and discuss candy i like breaking down everyday normal things mm -hmm. things you get to talk about things that make you happy yep um and that's why i also love your other podcast finding favorites uh i love the fact that the theme of that show is i want to talk to people who do these special things but i don't want to talk to them about their special thing yep. i want to talk to them about the things that they want to talk about mm -hmm. uh, so your guests always choose the topic and they get to talk about their favorite things yes um what where were you drinking when you came up with that idea? But the I, but the concept <laughs> I love so much, where, where, is it a situation where you listen to podcasts and you're like, I wonder what else they're into other than what we know them for? Or where did that concept come from? The concept came from uh, when Mark Maron's girlfriend died mm -hmm. a couple years ago. Um, suddenly, I had been, so it was uh, two months into the pandemic. And I live alone. So I was, podcasts were on in my ears constantly because mm -hmm. um, I needed company. I needed to feel like there was somebody in the next room. And so I was just consuming podcasts at an insane rate those first few months. Mm -hmm. And I had really complicated feelings about how worried I was for Mark Marin. And okay. his like mental health and how worried I was for my friend, Mark Marin. Right. So I, uh, I wrote a blog post kind of exploring the parasocial relationships that I was having with these podcasts. And, and also though, thinking about how I got from West wing weekly when it was the only podcast I listened to, Mm-hmm um to like trying to draw the line oh, from how you Wing got Weekly to where you were yeah to all the podcasts i was listening to so i literally drew a map and i took a picture of it posted it on twitter and a friend of mine from college saw it and he drew a map about how he got to all the comedians he's into from best week ever uh-huh so i was like oh People have stories not only about the things they love, 
but how they got to the thing they love. There's always that path, yeah. And I was like, now nah, I finally have my podcast idea, which is talking to people about not just their favorite thing, but how they found it, mm -hmm. what adventures it's taken them on, um, why would they recommend it to someone else? Like, it's not, I'm not interviewing experts. I'm interviewing people who are experts in themselves and what they love. And it's, and it's really been fun. So I think my biggest like podcast guest is Kevin T. Porter, who was one of the co-hosts of Gilmore Guys. Mm -hmm. And he hosts the podcast, Good Christian Fun. Nice. So Gilmore Guys became Bunhead Bros, became Maisel Goys. He's a huge <sighs> Sherman Palladino fan. Okay. So when I invited him on, I was like, I don't want you to talk about Gilmore Girls. You did a whole podcast about it. You are famous for loving that thing. Mm -hmm. Please, I don't want to talk about it, but I want you to please come on my podcast, but don't do the thing you're famous for. <laughs> and and, and I, I bet they were like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So we went deep on Bruce Springsteen. Oh, that's fantastic. It was super fun. So do people like send you like three or four ideas and you're, and you kind of like, I think this would be good for the podcast or is it just a deep, like straight, like you connect and say, okay, I, we're going to talk about this today, Leah. And you're like, cool. Or, or how's that work for you as far as the production side of it? I just ask people to come prepared. Like, I don't need to know what it is. Mm -hmm. um, but I have gotten a little more specific because I've interviewed a few people about kind of esoteric ideas. Okay. Somebody who loved, um, and it wound up being a really good interview but it was an author who loved serendipity, the concept. Okay. Not the movie. Right. Because <laughs> the movie was just kind of so-so. Right. Uh, so when people want to talk to me about like a big idea, mm -hmm. that is difficult for me. Understandable. So I kind of, I want people to think of something a little bit more concrete, a hobby, a book, an author, a TV show, a movie, like, Concrete is a lot of things, but like a, a general way of being in the world is harder. Right. Right. So yeah, I just, we spend some time like act one is getting to know each other. Uh, I do very little research on my guests. Even that though, was going to be my next question yeah. was like, is it a situation where you're going in blind and more guiding? If you're not going to really want to know too much, you don't prep any kind of questions really for it. Yeah, it is essentially... They're like all first date conversations, but they're better conversations than any first date, right? What a great description. A good first date conversation. They're good first that. date conversations. People don't get opportunities to like info dump about their favorite thing. Mm -hmm. You get asked about your career, your career choices. And if you are married, you get asked your love story. Yeah. But oh, we yeah. don't get asked... And if you get asked about your hobby or your trip or whatever, people don't want to hear more than two sentences. No, they want to hear everything was great. It was gorgeous. You should check it mm -hmm. out. Yeah. And so it is really fun to give people the gift of asking them more and more questions about their favorite thing. But it also feels good to break through because we're Gen X, like... Yeah. And we, our hearts were hardened in cold, cynical oh, yeah. amber. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And learning to break through the cynicism of 
liking things. <laughs> yes. Um, and for me, it was Hamilton. Like Hamilton is when I finally gave up. 2015. Is that when you let in? That's when you let go and, and sunk into it? That's when I was it? like, okay, I will be, I just fell into it. And I was like, I'm a fan. I understand people who watch football now. <laughs> and then I, it just sort of melted my heart like the Grinch. And oh. I decided to start liking things without cynicism or embarrassment. How's that going so far? I have a whole podcast about it that tens of people listened to. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe we'll get your tens of people to listen over here. And my tens of yeah. people listen over there. We'll have twenties of people. And yes. it'll be perfect. Um, where can anybody, where can everybody who's listening, the tens of people listening, where can they find candy chat and finding favorites to listen to? And how often do they come out? Finding favorites comes out every Sunday. Um, and it's finding favorites with Leah Jones. You can find it on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. It's everywhere. Mm -hmm. Candy chat, Chicago. You have to add the Chicago. Um, we try, we are trying again to publish every Wednesday. This winter, uh, fell, uh, because I, I edit both. I produce and edit both podcasts. Uh, radiation said pick one. So I picked <laughs> my original podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but we're back good way to go and that's good to yeah. be back because yeah editing takes a it's a takes a lot out of you you don't realize yeah. <laughs> folks you don't realize how much goes into editing just listen this episode you'll probably listen to is probably only about 40 minutes long we've recorded for 17 hours we've been talking for days <laughs> um leah it's been a joy and it's a better joy now because we're at the second half of the show and it's the second half of the show it's called same three questions same three questions these are the exact same three questions that I ask all of my guests, uh, just so I can learn more about you as an individual. And it's just fun for me. Number one, if you could transform into any animal, which would it be and why? A giraffe. Why a giraffe for you? Uh, they're very tall. They're very awkward. Um, and it's just has always been the animal I have like most identified with. Okay. All yeah. Right. I love it because I think giraffes are awesome. And I think the one thing a lot of people don't know about is that when they fight each other, they are violent and it is terrifying to watch two oh. giraffes fight because they're just slinging those knots on the back of their heads. That's their horns. And oh. that's what they're using. So basically they're just slinging their heads at the end of those long necks yeah. at each other's heads and clocking them together. That is the worst mosh pit ever. Oh, ever, ever. Yeah. When we're done here, Google giraffe fights you'll see okay um all right great giraffe correct giraffe. answer i love it perfect um question number two what's the one language that you wish you spoke and why that you don't already speak hmm so i i obviously speak english mm -hmm. some with somewhat well uh <laughs> good good stuff um and I minored in Spanish. All right. And I have dabbled in Hebrew. So I'm going, I'm going to take them, despite wanting to be better at all of those, I'm going to take them off the table. Okay. Because I've, I've tried. All right. Um, I think probably Japanese. Yeah. Why is that? There's um, a, a lot of 
there's a lot of pop culture that it can't consume in its original language that comes from Japan. Gotcha. Um, and not even that I'm into all this Japanese stuff, but I, I went to Japan when I was 26. Mm-hmm. I had a wonderful time. And uh, there wasn't just enough English that I could function. And I just think that it's when you think about like anime and manga and comics and it just seems, I, I don't know. It's becoming such a more prevalent part of our uh, of this culture as mm-hmm. well now too, because it's such heavily influenced from that side of things. Yeah. Uh, all right, it's Japanese. I like it. That's two for two. You're doing so good. You're oh, doing great. You're doing great. Um, question number three. Hey, Leo. Ham or turkey? Turkey. Ooh, so sorry. The answer was ham. <laughs> ham. The answer is ham. <laughs> two out of three ain't bad, though. You're doing some all good. Right. Two out of three ain't bad. Uh, Leah, thank you so much. Uh, it was, it's really nice to meet you and get to sit and talk with you it's all the same, like fun. at the same week. This has been fantastic. Uh, I am going to start sending you candy so I can hear you talk about this candy because, uh, and then I will eat it as I listen to it at the same time. Um, we also have guests on candy chat Chicago. So you could even come over to my house with candy, sit on my new big sectional and be on candy chat I, live would be a flattered and i will bring a huge bag of candy of all sorts of varieties and yes and yes, yes i'll i'll we'll bring my old man candy bag and it'll just be filled with mints and werther's originals and it'll be fantastic i can't wait <laughs> and then just a box there's of nothing people anything. like more than the sound of people sucking on hard candy on my oh god it's just the best it's just the best <laughs> it could and it just we could just do like the first like five minutes of just this is good Mm-hmm. notes of caramel <laughs> and then viewership's gone like all of a sudden you have to cancel once i come on you have to cancel the show nobody listens anymore um leah thank you so much uh, i appreciate your time and it was great to meet you great to sit and talk with you this was wonderful it's been a pleasure oh my goodness gracious i sure do love me some leah jones oh Go check out her podcast, Finding Favorites and Candy Chat Chicago on all the places that you find your favorite podcasts. Go check them out. Follow them. Enjoy. Well, that about does it for this episode. As always, I'd like to thank my dear friend, Mr. Jason Moody, for that kick-ass theme song, and my dear friend, Miss Corbett Pasco, for our same three questions stinger. Be sure to rate and review us, and don't forget to spread the word. And don't forget to come back next time when we sit down with a new guest and we ask them that burning question. Who the fuck are you? Blah, blah, blah. Big talk.